What are you wearing? asked Tess wearily. You look like a cat burglar. Come on, shake a leg, said Gemma, bouncing on the mattress impatiently. This is important. So is my sleep, mumbled Tess, pulling the covers back over her head. Seeing that Tess was going to take some shifting, Gemma stood up again. Okay, I'll go and make some tea, then we can talk. Five minutes, okay? As soon as Gemma had left the bedroom, Tess heard a muffled groan coming from under the pillow next to her. You know I can't hear you through six inches of goose down, said Tess. A hand flung back the pillow, and the handsome face of her boyfriend, Dom Barton, popped up, squinting into the light. I said, remind me when Gemma said she was moving out? Shh, keep your voice down, said Tess, peering through the open bedroom door, where she could see Gemma filling the kettle in the galley kitchen across the hall. Cut her a bit of slack, eh? She's been through a rough time. She finished with Chris three months ago, Tess, hissed Dom, leaning back on his elbows. Plus, the flat is a tip, and how can I use the study to write my book when all of Gemma's belongings are in it? Tess glanced around and had to admit that things were a tight squeeze in their two-bedroomed Battersea flat, but Gemma was her best friend's sister. She had known her since school, and besides, Gemma's line of work sometimes came in handy. Honey, you are never going to write that novel, with or without anyone living in our spare room. You've been talking about it for as long as I've known you. Come on, it's time to get up anyway. Your flight leaves at 8.30. Shouldn't you be at Heathrow in an hour? Dom was the deputy travel editor of the broadsheet The Sunday Chronicle, which meant he was on some exotic press trip at least once a month. Groaning, he slid out of bed, scratching his tousled hair. Tess rubbed her eyes as she watched his gym-honed bum cheeks vanish into their ensuite bathroom. Gemma returned with two mugs of tea and thrust one towards Tess. So, what's worth a 5.30 summit meeting? Tess smiled. Gemma took a slurp of tea. I've been to a Venus party, she said with a grin. Tess's eyes opened wide, and she sat cross-legged on the bed, feeling suddenly energized. Gemma was a paparazzo photographer, who usually sold her work into one of the big picture agencies, but sometimes Tess asked her to work on solo projects for her. Tess had been hearing rumors of organized, membership-only sex parties in London for years, but despite the best efforts of Fleet Street's finest, no one had ever been able to track them down. She had begun to suspect they were one of those wishful-thinking urban myths, like Diana's love child, but around three months ago, Gemma had got the scent of a new underground scene called Venus Parties, and the whisper was that they took decadence to a whole new level. Understandably, access to them was near impossible. Entry was via personal recommendation and the vetting process rigorous. But the guest list was said to be dynamite. Senior politicians, Hollywood stars and players, high-ranking police, premiership footballers, and that was just for starters. Tess had put Gemma on a retainer to work on tracking them down.
There was a Venus party last night at a big house in Wickham Square, out in St. John's Wood, said Gemma gleefully. I got in! That's fantastic, said Tess, barely able to hide her excitement. How on earth did you get past the checks? Gemma glanced behind her, making sure that Dom was still in the shower. Tess understood. Dom might have been her boyfriend, but he still worked for a rival publication. I was a security guard, she whispered. Tess laughed. You? A bouncer? Although she was dressed completely in black, the pocket-sized, busty blonde looked more like a glamour model than a security guard. Don't laugh, said Gemma huffily. These parties need women at the door. Ironically, they're to frisk the female guests to make sure nobody...